Welcome to Full Scope, the podcast designed to analyze the games that we love and lots of music and the movies we can't forget. I'm Ghost Wins and Burns with my kind of varsity about Morris. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good, man. Got a W last Sunday, man. I was to say, I, I knew you were happy. <laughs> Definitely happy. Era, the Jordan Love era. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have a lot of topics to get into for this one. Obviously, um, college football playoff discussion, um, some NFL topics, album reviews, and the second half we're going to do a review of ATL. To start off with, obviously, thoughts on Florida State being left out of the playoff and, and Alabama getting in. Um, the, the, the top four selected for the college football playoff were Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. And there was a, an immediate uproar because many people were wondering. We talked about Florida State going undefeated, winning the yeah. ACC championship, but not looking like that same, like, um, explosive explosive lethal unit that we were that we were used to seeing with jordan travis and things should just right. kind of wane later on um and, and it's it's interesting to me because there's the debate of hey is it about who's most deserving or who's the best um right. alabama they look they look like the better team with, with beating georgia florida state sure. looks hampered yeah. um t- to me the committee got it right because we do want to yes. see a good we want to see a good product you know we don't want to see like Stephen a was saying a tcu georgia 63 to, 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 to 7 type of game and that kind of be the ending of it not saying it was going to be that extensive but it possibly could have what did right. you think about this decision also just you know um the, the outcome of it so this obviously the topic of discussion obviously we know what it is and what it isn't but i said they could have made the argument that defense wins championships correct their defense is top notch. You have guys who can get off the football. You know they, you know, disruptive. The secondary holds its own. But on the flip side of that coin, if they go against a team like Washington, who puts up heavy points, and their defense gets tired at some point because they're on the field constantly, I don't think the offense would have been sustainable enough to beat a Washington to beat a Michigan or Alabama team without Jordan Travis. And if you look at the rules of the NFL, not NFL, but the college football committee, one of those is if a player gets hurt or something, it's in the rules that that can be a standard of why a team. Kirk Kirkstreet mentioned that multiple times. Like that is in the rule book. (laughs) That is. It's not because they weren't good. It's because Jordan Travis kept them in so many ball games when their defense plays sloppy, it was Jordan Travis extending plays, Jordan Travis, Jordan Travis, Jordan Travis. You don't have that. Even uh, Hodemaker or whatever his name was out for that game and another backup quarterback had to play. And they looked terrible. They failed yeah. to move the ball in countless times. The defense bailed them out in certain situations. So I understand what people are saying. They're undefeated. They were the ACC championship. But in the rule book, it states that if a team's top player, which is Jordan Travis, gets hurt, even the the pass game was different. Even when against Florida, even against uh, Louisville, so it, I think it would have been different. I think they, the the defense would have got gas because Washington runs a no huddle offense a lot, and they're proficient in it. Yes. Uh, Alabama can do that too. Michigan is the same way. So it, it, after a while, that defense is going to be wear on you. for a long time. Yeah, wear it. And Washington has long drives, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, Washington runs long drives. They're, 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 they could take it off to the top, but they like to slow grind, fast pace, get the defense tired. You can't sub. That defensive line is going to get tired, and that secondary is going to get tired. And the miscommunication. So 
it was the right decision. We agree. And we talked about this on the oh, last yeah. last week's podcast and through text messages. Like, and even through text. You were like, Florida I, I, State. You, were kind of, you, were, you were even telling me like, man, I don't know if Florida State is going to get in because it's no. like everything changed when Georgia lost. Yes. Everything changed. Yes. Like if Georgia wins that, it's a different, but like, man, like Alabama winning it. Like I also want to get to, what did you think about that game? Because we've mentioned all year, like Alabama didn't look like the same team, but Jalen has like really extensively progressed yes. these last few yes. weeks. He's like a completely different quarterback. It's because they're starting to build that confidence in the play calling. So they were trying, we talked about this too. They were trying to make him a pocket quarterback. They, they have this thing where they want their quarterback to be pocket passers. Yeah, they don't re- traditional. You are good when you can have a person who can extend the plays one, who can do RPO two, and who can get outside the pocket and run when you don't have anybody open. And right. then you want to have a quarterback who has a a, a huge arm with with uh you know accuracy with the deep ball. And Jalen Milrow has that, and he has progressed. And I think him progressing each week and having that confidence and them giving him an extended playbook that allows him to be a runner as well. And that offensive line has improved. From week from week one through six, yes. they were everybody, they're the biggest offensive line, terrible feet, terrible, you know, uh technique. But now they're coming to own, they're running the ball more, and Milrow is getting confident with the deep ball threat and him being able to run as well as yeah. pass. But I think, and I know I'm I'm ahead of myself, I think that's his inaccuracy with the with um short and intermediate routes is going to get him in trouble. Against Michigan. Michigan, yeah, that's. I think that's going to be the Achilles' heels because you're not going to run the football heavy on Michigan. Oh no, not at all. Now, now if they do a lot of RPO and a lot of you, you know option run, then possibility they'll do a quarterback spot, which I think they have the guys who can step with Jalen Milrow. But I think it's inaccuracy, and they're not going to allow him to take the top off with with these deep th- deep ball threats. But I think the intermediate. In, in short routes is going to kick because he has a that will route you can tell he was hesitant. Yes, very, very. Because he had that throw early in the game and he didn't even look over there. And this time he looked over there. I'm pretty sure they tell him on top, "Hey, you got somebody in the flats. Check down." And you can tell he was like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> and it was a perfect ball. So I think that's going to yeah. be a hindrance as a young quarterback. And a guy in a big moment where they're going to take away elements of his game and he's going to have to really throw the ball. So it's going to be an interesting one. A lot of people talking about, oh, Michigan was scared, their reaction when they have to play Alabama. No, bro. It's all business. A lot of people are saying that. A lot of people are saying that. It's all business. They have to stop Corum. They have to stop. uh, I forgot the other running back. They have some deep ball threats. So you're still adamant. You're still adamant. Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Michigan's going to win. Michigan's going to beat Alabama because – Alabama is not going to be able to run on them. And I don't think Jalen Miro, which has progressed, I don't think he's ready to be that accurate. He's not that accurate yet. He's going to need another another, another uh, summer, another yeah. year to get those intermediate. He doesn't have the confidence. So now if they were playing like, you know, Jalen Hurts or, you know, Tua or even Bryce, I think obviously yes. they can make those intermediate throws. Now it's different. But they can, yeah. So it's gonna. I would be, feel a lot think, better. I would feel a lot better. Yeah. if Bryce was in this game. Like, yeah. As a defensive coordinator, I'm like, okay, I know Jalen Miro's 
strong points that I know he's weaknesses and they're going to blitz him a lot. And he doesn't throw well on the run. And I think they're going to do a lot of mixed blitzes. And, and he and holds onto the ball. He holds onto the ball too, too much. Like he yes. just, you got to know when to throw it away. Like there were mm-hmm. so many, th- so mm-hmm. there, there are a few plays in that Georgia game where I'm like, man, you can't take a sack that far back. You really got to know, know when to throw you it gotta away. You got to get rid of it. And that's the, him not being a seasoned college quarterback. Yeah. And that's going to come. Those things are coachable. Do you have like any early expectations for Washington, Texas? Washington, Texas is going to be a freaking, uh, like you, and, and Micaiah, I like, score going to fireworks. I swear by so many fireworks. I literally fireworks. said yeah. that. I literally said, 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 said that to a few people uh, last Sunday at church. I was like, bro, it's going to be fireworks. It's going to be literal it's, fireworks. It's <laughs> going to be Alabama and Texas all over again. They were going back and forth. It might. It's going to start slow. We're going to fill each other out, and then it's going to be. It's going to be crazy. All that. Be, yeah, but I do. I think Washington. Just how this season has set up, I think it's going to be Michigan and Washington. Really? That's my prediction. That's how everything's prediction. set up, how Washington just finds a way to win, and they'll have the ball last. It's always like this. Washington has yeah. the ball last, and they figure it out, and they and they score, and they win. They, they do something to win, and the defense at the last minute will step up and make a play. And that's have been Washington since forever, since prior to the playoffs coming along. That's what they've been doing. But they're going to lose to Michigan, but it's going to be Michigan-Washington for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna go Michigan, Michigan Texas. I'm gonna go Mich- Michigan Texas. <laughs> but but I, that's I a feel good like one. That's a good I really one. it's just because with Washington Texas, man, I feel it's gonna be that that fifty fifty like who's got yeah. the ball last type of game. And I do think Texas, man, Texas is they have looked like really good in the, in the last few weeks. They're soaring. Washington is too, but I mean like at the end of the day, Michigan's the best team overall. <laughs> like, Texas just yeah. You're still not sold on Texas. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I'm still not sold on Texas. It's obviously they, they beat up on. I can't remember what team they beat. That Oklahoma State wasn't it? Yeah, they beat up on Oklahoma State. Yeah. And then you know their their toughest game was Bama, and then they lost to I forgot who they lost to. It was maybe like Kansas State or somebody like that. But I think their toughest game was Bama. And then yeah. after that, you can see the sledy the steady decline down, yeah. but they're winning ball games. And then you beat up on the Oklahoma State. Now you're going to go against a offense who's similar, maybe better than Alabama's offense, and they can put points on the board. Your defense is going to get ga- like it's going to be a similar situation. Very similar. Uh, defense, yeah, defense is getting gas. Yeah. Can you go, Ewing? Can you go back and forth with Penix Jr., who's up for the Heisman? Can your defense get it get to be the him? Heisman? I think he should be the Heisman. Uh, oh no! They let Jaden in there. It's over with. Jaden's got to win that. Jaden's got to win. That, bro. They, 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 he did sneak in. <laughs> he snuck in. When they snuck him in, he's over. I was he's, like, okay, there's an agenda. Sixty-one <laughs> percent is either a touchdown or a first down, bro. That's insane stat that's line. That's bonkers. Bro. That is that. That's bonkers right there, man. That's a crazy salary. If he doesn't win, something's wrong, bro. <laughs> something's wrong if he doesn't win. And, and now moving on to our first NFL topic with the San Francisco's blowout win versus Philadelphia. 49ers won 42-19. Brock Purdy threw four touchdown passes and Jalen Hurts experienced. <laughs> I love I love when this happens. I love when this happens. No. Because I was I'm, going go crazy. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, bro. J- I'm going to get to <laughs> That's Hurts. what it is. He experienced an injury later in the game. It was clear to come back. Debo Samuel just had a monster game, three touchdowns. Um, to you overall, like what stood out to you in this game was obviously San Francisco. I mean, we haven't seen a team do this to Philly all season. They mm-hmm. were clicking on all cylinders, and it really was one of those like 
San Francisco said like they they want they, they knew it wasn't like a must win, but they kind of wanted to to win, especially sure, yeah, with what happened time. last year. Mm-hmm. So Jalen Hurts, this, this is all his fault, bro. This is all Jalen Hurts' fault, and I say that because he looked like freshman year, like a deer in the headlights. He did. There's a lot of plays. He's holding in the ball too long. The offensive line was blocking tremendously in the first and second quarter. And then you're a lot of three and outs. You're, you're indecisive. You're inaccurate. You're, it's just he didn't look like he was totally there. And then that makes your defense be on the field too, too much. And that allows a high-power offense in the 49ers who have multiple weapons to capitalize on that. And I think it started with Jalen Hurts, and even before he, even before he he got hurt, it was he was just just indecisive. It was just like, bro, what? That was a terrible decision. This is this is not the Jalen Hurts. Like it's not like no. Him. So it was that's that kind of like set the tone for the game. Oh, Jalen's not doing good. Oh, now we can throw things at him, and he's not he's not adjusting like he normally does, and that's extremely def- difficult for a defense to. You know, fight against a offense who has so many weapons. And I'm not making excuses for him, but but this is what I saw when I watched that game. Jalen Hurts single-handedly changed the momentum of that game. Hats off to the 49ers. They played a phenomenal, perfect game. They played a perfect game, something the Eagles have not done. But in certain moments, the Eagles are still in that game. It was just, man, they just couldn't. It just wasn't clicking for Jalen Hurts. And I I'm I'm waiting to see what he'll do this week. If he's 100, percent obviously, it's a big yeah. So it's it's, it's interesting a, week. Yeah, interesting week because now you have to you've got to bounce back. Because like if, last if, week, I'm not saying terrible. not saying it's like Philly can still get that one seed in the NFC. If they yeah. lose this game against Dallas, it's both have the same record. But I mean, Dallas has a tougher schedule though to end the season because they got they still got Miami. They still yeah. got to play Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, Eagles, I still think, can wrap up that one team. Like, to you in terms of – because San Francisco is looking like the best NFC team right now. But who, who do you really? like? Really? I think so, man. No, I think bro. So. No, I, bro. I, 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 think, I think it's San Francisco. <laughs> Absolutely Still Philly? Not, still bro. Philly? It's still Philly. Okay. Because but you that see – That offense for San Francisco is tough. Bro, man. they are beatable. <laughs> You see what happened in the first and second quarter. They didn't start taking off until like the third third quarter. True. After That's the true. half. The defense, Philly defense was sticking with them. Even with the trick plays, they were, they were stopping them. But when you're on the field for extended drives, that's going to happen. Obviously, hats off to them. But I still think the Eagles are the better team and the best team in the NFC. One, because of their record. Two, because I think they have... Not because they have better weapons on offense. I mean, I, I'll put A.J. Brown against. I mean, A.J. Brown and Debo, Debo Samuel is like similar players. Yeah, that's very similar. Christian McCaffrey and Swift have some similar. So it's similarities of offense. But I think the Eagles' defense is better than um, than the 49ers. It didn't show, obviously, because so many variables that goes into that. But I do think they're still the best NFC team, to be honest with you, bro. I just I can't go against that. This upcoming weekend, though, there's a lot of good games. Rams, Ravens, yeah. Seahawks, 49ers, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys. Like, like, which one out of those, like, are you most intrigued by? Eagles, Cowboys. Because this sets the tone for the NFC, NFC yeah. East. One, um, two, the bounce back. I want to see how they adjust. Um, the, and they just picked up Shaquille Leonard from, from, from the Colts. 
So I want to see how what how they use him. And it's so many other factors I want to see how this defense bounced back from getting that many points scored on them when they haven't had that this season. So I think Eagles-Cowboys is a better game. And then I'm looking for Dak. Dak played a perfect game. I see him play two per- three perfect games this season. He's been incredible. Now you have a chance. Yeah, he's yeah, not incredible. He's been okay. I think he's been above average, to be honest with you. Above average. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> better I, than I, last I, I'll year. I'll say that. Yeah, better. Way, way better than last year. But I mean, like, yes. you you look at what Dak can to, – to me, like, I'm not saying, like, Dak is he's been perfect. I'm not going to put him in the MVP. Like, but I am saying, like, each season, especially last season, there were some more hesitation. I think this year, like, even offensively, he's even gotten better and there's more confidence. But – we do want to see that against the best best teams. Like, if you can't do yeah. it against Philly and San Francisco, it doesn't matter. So, it at really this point, we, we really got to see, man, like, can you actually beat these types of teams? Or it's just like, you're, you're just a stats guy. Yeah, it is exactly. It's like a Kirk Cousins situation. Kirk Cousins yeah. is a stat stuffer, but they don't win ball games, even before he was hurt. And then Dak Prescott, who has been above average, I think in these in these big games, he gets rattled. And then I think the offensive coordinator and the how they call play, call plays against these teams, they just forget their fundamentals. But I want to see how Dak responds. I want to see if this running game is still going to be as good as it's been for the past three weeks, averaging almost 100, well, averaging 100 yards. So I think it's going to be a good game. I think that's the one I'm looking forward to the most because there's a lot at stake for this game. Obviously, NFC East. How can they continue to go down the road to get the number one seed in the NFC? So it's a lot of things going for that game. And, and before we move on, like all of these, like obviously the three teams that are always going to be missing the NFC now, Philly, San Francisco, Dallas. I don't think Philly and San Francisco, necess- San Francisco would like to have home field advantage, but Dallas would need it more than those two. Because I think Philly, San Francisco, they're confident in winning on the road. I think Dallas is the team that's like, if they got to play win two back-to-back road games yeah like, they're yeah, not gonna do it. Not, <laughs> it really feels like philly and san francisco they're like hey we would like it the one seat but if we don't we're still confident we can win on the it's road. Fun. yeah that's a that's a perfect perfect point bro these teams can win on the road but dallas has had trouble winning on the road and winning at home but they're i think they're on like a, a semi-win streak right now um and, and i'm moving on to the packers win versus kansas city green bay won 27 to 19 at home and Jordan Love. <laughs> a- approval approval from Savon. <laughs> Jordan oh, for Love sure. threw, threw three touchdown passes, and this is their third straight win. Um, they never trail, plus their defense made two big stops in the last five and a half minutes. And it's interesting because this game, like, I know we've seen Chiefs struggles. I take mo- this is more of a takeaway from like, man, I'm seeing Green Bay like really improve. They can make the playoffs. I'm judging oh, yeah. Kansas City in the January. I- I'm waiting, like, I- I'm giving them the-, the-, the benefit of the doubt. We'll see yeah. what happens. I'm not panicking about them. But for Green Bay, what are you seeing that's impressing you the most? Because Jordan Love, man, he's he's really looking like he's coming into his own. That last time he played against Kansas City, he looked yeah. like, you know, deer in the headlights, really confused. This game, he looked a lot more seasoned. Confidence. And I think our offensive line is back. And then um, we still without Aaron Jones. But I think uh, Matt Flora has been very creative with the play calling yes. and giving him opportunities to – put people in the right positions. Like, you know, we, Wicks, um, uh, Wicks, Dobbs, uh, Christian Watson, all these guys are still young, but I think the play calling allows them to get into spaces. Gutsy call. I think it was a, a third, third and one or fourth or something. Um, yes. uh, uh, jet sweep to the left. I mean, gutsy call. Nobody really does that, <laughs> but I think that's the difference. Everybody is being more aggressive. Uh, 
Jordan Love is being more aggressive in the pocket, having that confidence to throw certain throws, looking like Aaron Rodgers and Britt Farr throwing off throwing off the ground. So I think yeah. that's what he was lacking. Obviously, the offensive line to be able to give him that confidence that he can sit back there and throw, but also putting putting the ball in places that only his wide receivers can get and the play calling is aggressive. We're not being conservative. And I think that was the biggest thing. And then defense is playing a lot better. Uh, we have a lot of guys, a lot of guys hurt. Jair Alexander still a lot. We have, you know, our return guy playing, <laughs> playing quarterback. <laughs> so it's a lot of, but it's working. A lot of, vari- a lot of variables. Yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot <laughs> of variables, but they're figuring out a way to win. But what I see from Kansas City Chiefs, and I said this so many times, with them not having a number one receiver is making things difficult for yes. them. A lot of drop passes. Um, and it makes me think like Travis Kelsey is not a leader. Travis Kelsey can't get these young guys together. Travis Kelsey can you know, because he's, he's the, the number one receiver, the veteran. Patrick Mahomes, he's going to, you know, yeah, that was a bad throw. Uh, Should have threw it a little little deeper. Uh, no, bro. Somebody <laughs> has to step up and hold these guys accountable. Where's the veteran presence on offense? So they don't have a number one receiver. They need to find one next year or somebody needs to step up. They got a lot of, um, a lot of slot. Slot and Y guys, but they don't have no no X, no Y, no real number one, number one wide receiver, and that's the difference. Tyreek Hill was the number one wide receiver for a while. Even Juju was the number one wide receiver a couple of years ago. It's they they need that. They need a guy who who can throw to. He's going to catch no matter what. It's Travis Kelsey, but they Travis Kelsey getting a double team. He's got a middle linebacker and a safety over top. So somebody has to step up and catch the ball, and they're not doing that for. For Patrick Mahomes, I think that's the difference I'm seeing from last year. That's a big year. difference. That's a big, big difference. difference. Big difference. Guys, remember what I said on December 7th. The Chiefs are going to be fine. Chiefs are going to be fine. They're going to be in the AFC Championship. And I, I'm just going to say it. They're gonna be- wow. <laughs> I, hey, I said San Francisco last week and I look crazy. Just keep listening to me. Keep listening. No, bro. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was a luck, bro. That was luck. Well, let's see you right, know, guys, bro. Right. No. <laughs> That was so luck. That was so luck. <laughs> and now moving on to the NBA, the, the Pacers just actually just beat the Bucs um, to, to go to the in-season tournament championship, 128 to 119. Tyrese Halliburton has looked like a, a really – has had a really impressive season so far. They're currently six in the East. Um, he's averaging 26 points, can rebound certain assists with zero turnovers. And it's interesting because, honestly, like if – the reason, another reason I'm liking this in-season tournament so much, certain teams that I wouldn't see a full games of, I'm being, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being able to see a full two games of the Pacers, which I have, I've seen clips of him, but actually seeing him like get, get to this stage, see what he can do, be, be that assist guy, be that score. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him. Um, to you, like what, what has kind of stood out to you about the Pacers and also what Tyrese Halliburton has, has been doing? Man, the man's playing lights out, bro. And 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 get this, they're doing this without having a high percentage at the three point line. This That's unheard game, of. <laughs> unheard of. Twenty one percent from the three point line as a team. That's terrible, ladies and gentlemen. That's and they bad. beat the crap out of Milwaukee Bucks, who are still finding find who they are. Yeah, they find their identity. Yeah. But I think I think they're still they'll still be fine. They'll they'll make the playoffs. But Halliburton is playing lights out, and once again, he checks boxes. As a player, front court, back court, creates his own shot, can finish at the rim. Not as good at three point line as I want him to be. 
but he's he's okay. That jump that 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 shot is just so unorthodox. I was like looking at it, I was like, man, that's such a different shot. <laughs> it reminds me of shot. No, it's not worse than Sean Marion. Sean Marion's oh, oh my goodness. goodness. Look painful. <laughs> make it here, bro. Like, how did you make it here? Ugh, the shot's terrible. <laughs> but now he, <clears throat> he's playing lights out. And for them to continue to do that with not having a high three-point percentage as a team, which is this is a three-point league. I've watched several games last night where got a rebound. Instead of going back up, they dished it out to shoot the three. I'm flabbergasted at what this league has transitioned to. the state of the league, man. The state of the <laughs> it's league. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Uh, go back up instead of trying to dish it I mean, out. It's, it's right there. It's right there for you. <laughs> That's crazy. I was like, wow. Okay. The people, The people in the analytics room is like, no, don't do it. Go for the three. Go for the high high percentage, and that's what analytics. It's all analytics driven. It's really analytics yeah. driven, and that's like like Daryl Morey back in 2018. He was like, "Hey, I'm going for the Warriors. We're gonna outshoot them. We're gonna eventually miss 27 consecutive threes. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> what in the worst stats in NBA Ever. history, bro? <laughs> Ever, man." <laughs> Um, and, and another thing, the Pelicans, the Pelicans, Lakers, they're also going to be playing tonight. And that, I, yeah. I'm really intrigued, intrigued with that game because obviously like the, the, they're looking much improved. Zion is healthier. Um, yeah. And we kind of want to see like what he can do like in, in big game situations. Obviously, this is an early or early game in the, in the year, but the, the tournament is giving like an added boost to the season. Uh, yeah. What are you kind of looking for in this matchup? And also LeBron just is not slowing down at all. He just no. keeps it up. He says, I want to give father time. It's first loss. It's yeah. what he did against the Suns. And. Yeah, even they are improving defensively for fourth in the West. So I've been watching Zion this year heavily, um, and when I look at him, it's certain teams that he's really confident. He plays bully ball to the T, and yes. he's starting to create a bag of moves that I'm really enjoying. And I think that confidence and love for basketball is coming back. Obviously, he's a great defender, yeah. strong, but offensively, that's where I want him to progress. Obviously, the three-point ball will, will come eventually, but him finishing at the rim and having different – like, I want him to get a fadeaway shot. He doesn't have that in his arsenal yet. He's more so, obviously, um, shoot jumps, jump shots, mid-range, uh, you know, do this little what's come to the rim, left hand to the rim. But he's starting to create a bag, and he's getting more confidence on, on the defensive side, and I think it'll come. Um, but with the Lakers, bro, I think – I think well, I forgot what game I was watching. I forgot what game I was watching. I love that lineup they had. I think it was it was Braun, it was Braun, it was Reese, it was D'Lo, Braun Reese D'Lo. Oh man, it was it was all small 80. ball. Oh no, eighty wasn't even in there. It was all small there. ball. That yeah, is, that's been one of their most effective lineups. That's been what their, their yes. small ball lineups and one of their most effective lineups. And I think you put. I think they had Braun at the five or the four. And I think they were transitioning, transitioning really well. They were running. Like, I was like, that's the lineup. I'm not taking anything from AD, but AD still hasn't shown that obviously this is not his team, too, that he's yeah. – what happened to the AD with the Pelicans We used to just go for, like, at least 30, 40, 30 20, or 40, 20 a night. Yeah. And LeBron's about, to be 30, LeBron's about to be 39. So, oh, this is still my team? All right, cool. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll do it. They, they say I don't have the killer instinct, but it's, it's okay. All right, let's do it. It's crazy. But I want to see AD, what I'm looking for, because I don't know if AD is going to be on Zion or not. I, I think that's a, a decent matchup. That's but a then, decent matchup. 
Brandon Ingram is another one I haven't came to fruition either. I thought when he went to the Pelicans in that trade that his game would, like, he's similar to KD. Next KD. Next KD. That's yeah. what I always said. He was supposed to be the next KD. But we don't see that. And I don't know why. As as a a, a guy who talks about sports every single week, every <laughs> single day, every bro, <laughs> who analyzes these things, I'm not sure why. It's in his it's in his repertoire. I don't understand why he hasn't been that guy. And it's not the coaches. So I want to Brandon Ingram AD, I want to see what they bring to this. I hate to say it in in tournament. Season, season tournament. I love this. Season season, tournament. I love this tournament, man. It's bringing juice to the game again. <laughs> what juice? Look, I'm I'm telling you, this the, 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 the thing the thing about this tournament that, that that we're seeing is especially LeBron, he was saying, man, I want to be the first to win the East. It's bringing like that, that that competitive energy earlier in the season. Like in December, we don't see teams like play this hard. KD, right. KD and LeBron right. were going back and forth. At it. Even KD said like in season tournament, I wasn't even convinced convinced early on. Now I'm like, okay, I see what I see what they're doing. Like adding that 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 competitive energy earlier in the season, I think is a is a major factor because some people are saying, hey, there might be injuries. Like you're saying that could happen because you're adding more games. But at the end of the day, though, like we do want to see competitive juices earlier in the year not people just coasting until because christmas day that's when people are like okay like now the games are going to start everybody's into everybody's gonna be watching let's just start it earlier like let's go <laughs> they're like, not going to be able to sustain this every single year Fair. yeah look look at the nfl and what they do with the uh pro bowl right they've did everything they switched the jerseys they switched the days they got flag football. They got dodgeball. <laughs> they got all these things. And people still don't watch this. So I know they're doing this for the ratings and for that creative spark, that competitive spark. But it's not going to be able to be sustainable year after year. So you're giving these fans, like yourself, Willington, a quick <laughs> fix that you can't continue to give the same excitement of this year. So once this year is up, next year's in season tournament, tournament, it's not going to be the same, Willison. <laughs> it's not. So enjoy it. You, you were a fan of the playing tournament. You were you were a, a, a fan of the playing games because like that's yes. a, that's a creative creative thing. It's they're being just more creative. It's no, now earlier. Play it is different. Play it at the tail end of the season. Who gets back in to be able to go to the playoffs is ingenious because now you have teams who unlikely would have went unless they did this. Right. I think that's ingenious. But the difference in that is once in the beginning of the season really doesn't be? matter. Obviously, you get a pay. Like, you, you get incentives, but the end of the season, I get an opportunity. If I beat this team who I know it's should be playoffs. in there, I get into the playoffs. So, I think that's – obviously, that's the difference. But I'm just saying the sustainability of this this quick fix of steroids in this in-season tournament. <laughs> steroids. <laughs> It's not going to last. I do think it's, it was a good idea, whoever came up with it, for the ratings and for to give these give players that competitive edge. But how would they do this next year? Would they do it the same way or would they add this? And it creates a whole nother black hole for you to try to figure out as the NBA. As it's, like instituting, it's like instituting a March Madness field into, into the NBA. Oh, like that's what, that's what some people mean. are saying. You Absolutely can't, you can't, not. and I'm not saying that I'm not saying you can ever because that is that's different. that's that's a whole totally different ball different. game. But I'm saying like add like a, a early tournament feel to it, which is way more condensed than the than March because March Madness it takes over it, yeah. it takes over the like the like for sure all of sports. Everybody's focused on March Madness when that happens. This one it's just 
like like you said, incentives, early early incentives, but not anything that's going to be like long lasting. Yeah. Um, and I'll get into our first album review with Conway the Machine and, and Conductor Williams, Conductor Machine. Um, in this new project, Conductor brings elite production as usual, and Conway delivered you know impressive lyricism. Um, and, and it's it, it's it's one of those combinations. I feel as though you know um, Conway has been so used uh, used to Conductor. Obviously, he's Conductor has yeah. had a great Griselda run. Produced two Drake songs, so I mean, obviously, he, his, his popularity yeah. has, has risen in a lot of ways. And, and I and I do like the um, Conductor. Oh. We have a problem. Conductor, that we have a, play, I love that. I love that tagline. <laughs> play without we wanted to play, but but you know this was a this was a good to me a, a good seven song EP. Not yeah. not perfect. I, I think some of the features didn't work as well as I, as I may have wanted to. Um, if it was just conduct, I was kind of expecting just conductor and Conway, yeah, no features. Yeah. That's kind of what I was expecting. But I mean, I think some of the features weren't as necessary. But it was a good project overall. What did you kind of think about it? And just you know the, the direction of this EP. Absolutely. Nope. Should have left the features off. I was, yeah. Obviously, we get that Conway, same Conway, but, you know, in a different light. Obviously, you're going to get the, the lyricism. The beats are freaking go crazy. Ridiculous. But, yeah, once you get the five and six, you like, okay. I was you, like, I was a disappointment. It was unnecessary. Yeah. The, the vibe, they, they threw the vibe off of the song. You, you don't need it. Maybe they know him. Maybe there's one of their artists, maybe they're putting them on. Hey, I'm gonna put you on Conway's album or EP or whatever. Blah 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 blah. The verses wasn't even strong. There wasn't strong at all. So I was like, ah, yeah, definitely could have left that off. I'm like, all right, like I didn't after I didn't I didn't yeah I just skipped it to be honest. Which I went to number seven, Love the Lord, which is which is a dope song. But now nah, this is, I think it was solid. This is solid. I think it would have been better if you leave the features off or. Get some some features that actually go with your style or your voice. I understand switching, switch switching the the vibe up a little bit, but it still has to be in the confines of your sound. It has to be not similar, but it has to accent your sound. I don't think yeah. those features accent and those verses accent Conway and um, conductor. So, eh, I didn't save it. Um, no, no, no. I did say I say believe me and love the Lord. I say those two. I say I saved about three, uh, about three off of this. It's, it's, the features just it, mm. it kind of brought it down for me because you know I, I know I, we're not gonna we're, we're gonna try to limit how much we mention them, but with with Drake's Scary Hours three, <laughs> only, yeah, only had one yeah. feature, only had one feature. He was like, I'm one just bringing feature. in Cole and everything else. Cold. I'm gonna do myself, and that's that was yeah. just, that was just smart because it's like from a rap EP, we just want to hear Drake for for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now get into our next review: BJ the Chicago Kids uh, Gravy album. And this new project had many features, including Philip Bailey, Andre Day, Coco Jones, and Freddie Gibbs. It was also produced mm-hmm. live at Royal Studios in Memphis, Tennessee, where Al Green recorded many hits. And to me, this really had a satisfying feel to it. It's stayed consistent from the beginning to the end. Impressive instrumentation and song structure. Um, this is one I, I wish I would have, you know, listened to earlier because I because I didn't even know it came out when it came out. And I really enjoyed this project. I love. Yeah. It just it just has a really good feel to it, and I, and I think it's just smart how we how we put put it together. The features yeah. worked worked on this one. I, th- I think they complemented what he was trying to do, and er- I think everything was was placed, you know, just really in, in a neat in a neat fashion. Um, to you, kind of like what were your initial thoughts on this album and just what he put together? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of BJ. Uh, I've seen him in concert. He was on the concert with uh, with uh, Big Crit. It was on the Catalatica oh, wow. uh, concert, man, and him, him live, bro. His voice is so it's crazy how much range he has in his voice. But um, it's been a minute since he's dropped, so I was excited. Like 
obviously this got saved. His voice is beautiful, like you <laughs> said. Um, the features were the Robert Glasper smoke break was really dope. That uh, was never very, change. That was very yeah. Breaking. Never change was good. Forget your name. You know, I'm still warming up to Coco Jones. Uh, I'm still trying to get in tune with her music, but it's taken longer than I expected to. But I, I thought it, I thought Spend the Night wasn't a bad song. But it has some, it has some, it has some great songs on here. Obviously, he's he's a um, he's a concept person. Because one of his albums was um, about him back home in Chicago. I think I forgot what album. Um, think uh, Anderson Pack was on it. Was on the single that he dropped, but it was it was a, a whole concept song. Even his his um, it's Jeez Louise. What was it? My brain just like stop. His mixtapes, his mixtapes. He's he's yeah. a concept guy. So I. I he, through and Concepts through. with the with the with the nice voice, and then the production was really dope. And then added that he you know recorded in one of the legendary studios. Just adds as as weight to it. Definitely a re listenable album. Listen straight through. I didn't skip any. Listen to it twice. Really dope. Yeah, one of those vibes. One of those vibe tracks. Absolutely. Um, and, and I'll get into our next review with Kelly Moonstones. I did. I digress. I'm in her debut album. She comes with sounds of. A neo soul and R&B. She's got a very laid back, groovy, and kind of jazzy feel to her music. Um, and and I, I heard this artist through like some recommendations um, on social media. It's a it's a debut project, so I'm gonna give her I'm gonna give her some leeway. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of this one, man. No. I wasn't the biggest fan because I, I just to me like it got very repetitive. And I think yes. I don't know I don't know if she could she could like you know maybe part, partner with some different producers. Maybe some, maybe more live instrumentation. I, I do think she has a talented voice and 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 a talented skill set. It's just it's not really being tapped into in all the right places right now. And this exactly. is a this is a starter project, and so I mean there, there's more she can build on. But what did you kind of think about this debut album overall? And, and you know, just initial takeaways. It has a high point. Definitely got repetitive, redundant. Uh, it was. I I feel like she obviously this is a debut. But I think her writing could be better. The the voice is obviously is there. The writing, the production could be better. I think production got maybe she had one producer or so, I don't know what was going on when they produced this or got the beats, the instrumentals, whatever. But I think she could have switched it up. I want to want to see a concept. I mean, I digress. I mean, yeah, it wasn't really like to the moon center, take you home, burn your house down, got to shine. Like, where's the concept? Where is the, the, the message? Where, where is it? Like you, obviously you have a beautiful, you have a a dope voice, but it takes more more. than that to be, you know, somebody for us to love this, this album. I really, yeah, it really wasn't for me. Like it's, it has potential. (coughs) Excuse me. Definitely has potential, but I think she needs to tap into maybe getting other writers and coming together. I don't know if she wrote it herself, but that, and then maybe come up with some different concept. I digress could have been so much like you could have bring a, a different vibe and concept to I digress because I digress can you be talking about anything. So you oh, could yeah. have been broad. It's loose. Yeah. Yeah. And then had something that ties into the app. Like it was so many things that she could have done with this to made it better. But obviously, this is your first first run at it. Not first run at it, because you, you, she dropped music before this. I was looking at her catalog. But it had some high points. Could have been 10 times better if 
you took your time and came up with a concept and different production and stuff. Definitely. Um, and now I get to our next review with Tyler's uh, Tyler EP. In her debut EP, she includes three unheard tracks and a remix of the globally popular Water featuring Travis Scott. I'm tired of her. Um, really? <laughs> Already? <laughs> I'm tired of that. I'm tired of Man. it. I'm tired. Just get to it. Get to it. <laughs> it she had it, an it, album it, coming out, doesn't it? I feel as though this, yeah, this was kind of like a build up to a project that she's about to, about to release. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, yeah, fourteen songs. And, and I feel as though, like, man, like, um, the the obviously the water song that's the popular one everybody knows. Um, I like her sound, man. I really do. <laughs> I feel as though, like, when, when an artist has that one global hit, sometimes people can get a little tired of it and they want to see what you have next. But I, I think these other songs similar, but. I think it's going to work for her. I think she's going to be... Well, it's it. Is it because she's beautiful? Because <laughs> her music sounds exactly the same, bro. Redundant, just like the last lady. What's going on, well, it's it. That is, that is true. Been, that, you, is, that is true. You think I'm being... Pour the water? <laughs> pour water on me. <laughs> oh, buddy. Girl, get off the stage. We got to clean this up later. Gotta clean Surprise. up. Clean up on right. that. Oh. <laughs> Surprise, she ain't slipped in it yet. All that water she be having on stage. Watch me, man. Watch me, You're not a fan. You're not a I'm fan. I'm not, bro. I'm tired of listening to I'm tired of hearing it on all social media sites, bro. They bought her out of her last uh, contract, and then she's with, I forgot who. So they're trying to get their money back, and they're planning everywhere. I think Payola is involved. That's just me. She's with Fax Records, Sunny Music. Sunny Music bought her last contract out because she's from some place in Africa. South Africa. Thank you so much. And she I had a contract. Research. In my research. Yeah. And the, uh, she she got bought out. And then they're playing a song everywhere. I don't think people are going to like this album. That's just me. Wellington, you need to, need to sit in the room and just think about what you just said is going to work for her. Beautiful note. Okay, that is a beautiful picture. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's different. Well, nah, yeah, it was, yeah, this is redundant. Like, on and was on, it sounded like thing? water. Was that the same issue you kind of had with Tim's? Like, you, you kind of felt as though, man, like, Tim's is getting a little redundant? Are, or are, no. are you still kind of... No, 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 no. No, not... Okay. Tim's... Tim can write. She She's, yes. a, she's a good writer. And then I think her music, her production makes her not become redundant. Cause all like even her like the two EPs that she has out, like even the last song, um, Me and You or something like that, it mm-hmm. didn't sound Only like you. obviously you have that same um dance hall type, whatever, but I think the production was different. And then obviously what she's saying, her her pen, her pen is different. Like with these songs with Tyler, is I'm not hearing a pen. I'm hearing just um vibes, vibes vibes and she's a she's a plant they took people, the song people, yeah a lot of people think she's an industry plant she's yeah, a definitely yeah. industry plant she do, she doesn't have a range she can't really sing let her let her do a song like scissor oh how scissor no, no, no. changed up let her do a song like summer walker let her do like she's can't definitely an industry that. plant she can't match that she can't match that at all so I just why I'm like, bro, well it's a you really okay. I'm gonna let you live, brother. I'm gonna let you live. I know. 
Hey, he's Savon's willing to call me out when I'm wrong. Savon's <laughs> willing to call me out when I'm wrong. I appreciate he's the it. The same way. Yeah, I will too. That's what makes us a great podcast. <laughs> he did say the 49 was going to beat you. Yep. <laughs> I didn't want to believe it. <laughs> but a year later, though, man, SOS is still such a. I'm telling you, SOS is still. I'm still listening to it. Like it, like it just came out. Oh my, my goodness, goodness, man! Bro. Didn't disappoint. Didn't disappoint at all. The weight that was, weight that weight was worth it. Completely worth it. Man, I still listen. Love to that, language, uh, blind yes, bro. news, Gone Girl. Um, it was the song that she switched up the whole vibe of the album. I can't remember the song, but her voice, how it was like, it was like punk rock type vibes. I can't remember the song, but bro, she was singing her butt off, bro. And I'm like, yes, that's how you switch it up, and then you go right back into. What everybody loves and what you're really, really good at. That you showed your versatility that if I really wanted to sing like this, I could. Nobody gets me. Nobody gets me. It was like three songs back to back. Yeah, F2F. Yes. Yeah. That was like that MTV punk rock side five. Yeah. That was dope. Yes. Showed her versatility. Tyler can't do that. Definitely not. Now, now I see your point. Now I see your point. Now, now, now I get it. Now I get it. When you mentioned that, that you compared that to a great album like SOS. <laughs> <the, laughs> but my question is this. Yeah. SOS or control? Are you still taking control over SOS? Yes. Control. So taking it? Okay. Control is just more concise yeah. of songs and... I think it just really started who she was. It did. Obviously, it was great we got start. her. Yeah, great starter. But we got her a lot of features. I think I've heard her first on drums. I'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. That track, and then when she was on Wale's, boom, 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 boom. When she saw on the cover of I just uh, I don't want to be up. Just friends, like on his album about nothing. Yeah, that's who I found out who SZA was. For both of those tracks. I'm like, who is this girl singing? (laughs) So for her to have that and then doesn't drop anything after that album and it still stand the test of time. And then you've like, yeah, bro. Just think about how how SOS is going to age. A year later, we talk about, we're still talking about SOS. Like this. SOS. She has great, long standing music, man. Like her music really ages well. She's, I think she's the only female artist who hasn't dropped consistently that can do this. You look at all the other female the artists, you know, we, Beyonce dropped so much when she was really active. She's not really active, but there's her no hasn't other female. Dropped. Her hasn't dropped since 2021. Yeah. But hers dropped so much music prior to that. And yeah, she was on so she many features, right? So with SZA, she'd only dropped two albums and she was on like maybe three, four features in that time. She was quiet. So, and then her music is still like, Growing numbers. Her, don't get me wrong, hers is an amazing artist, but I think when it comes to sales, I think SZA has surpassed her. She's got that. And she's only dropped two albums. Two albums. And her features a lot. She does a lot of stuff. Um, and I'll get to our last review with Beyonce's My House. Um, in her new single after the release of the Renaissance film, uh, it's co-produced by Beyonce and the Dream. It's got a strong Houston feel to it. And you know, it, it, it's it's a continuation of what Renaissance was. And I yeah. feel as though, man, like, I don't know, man, like Beyonce, she just knows what songs to release at what time. And this song, I think it's it's one of those that people are, are going to are gonna like a lot. Uh, it, it's 
It's a single song. I think Beyonce is like one of those artists who knows how to drop singles. I've never heard a Beyonce song that was just released singularly and think, oh, that's not a single song. That's an album song. I'm like, Beyonce is too smart of an artist and her team yeah. is like, hey, you're going to drop single songs. You're only going to drop hits. You're not going to drop songs that are in the middle of an album. Like, you, you know what she's going to do. And I feel as though, like, this was a really, really uh, uh, a good song. Well produced. Obviously, when you have the yeah. dream, it's going to be top tier. Uh, what were kind of your initial takeaways on this track? Definitely a single song. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it's in her her wheelhouse. She's what she's used to in her comfort zone. A lot of beat drops, a lot of craziness. I think what she does, and I think now in her later in her career, when she drops music, she makes sure it's a song that will translate yes. to being live. This is a live song. This yes. is a live song. <laughs> she's gonna perform the crap out this song in about six months, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. She's gearing guess, up. <laughs> yeah, she's gearing up. Like that's I think now she's so business minded, even when when she drops music, because you know, some of the music back in the day, like it wasn't really like, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for her to do this live. Yeah. Like when she started, then a minute by that pigeon, please. Bro, I've seen videos of that song. Of her performing that song, and it's so much bass, and she be like her Killing songs it. moving forward, bro. She's one of the best female performers. I'm gonna take you outside, brother. This one of the best female performers ever. So this song, I mean, it was dope. I probably won't, it didn't save, but I do I do think it was in her wheelhouse, and I thought it was really dope that she's creating songs that would translate to her being live, and she's gonna kill it. You that's, understood that's what she was awesome. doing. Yeah, for sure. As soon as it came on, I heard the little laugh or whatever. I was like, oh, she does that in concert all the time. She was like, I'm yeah. just going to laugh to start off dream. <laughs> <laughs> and then go into crazy. The beat was, it beats crazy, bro. So beats good. insane. Nicki Minaj is dropping Pink Friday 2 tonight, and I know you're not. I'm, I actually think she might be coming with, coming with something with this album, man. Oh. I actually think so. I, I feel she's, as though with, with her, with her, with, with, with her, <laughs> she's <gonna> retired. <laughs> I feel as though with her, it was supposed to come out in November. She pushes, pushes it back um, a month later. There's got to be a reasoning for it. There's going to be a lot of uh, high level features. Is there back. anything Nikki can do to impress you? Or is it just like, is it a rap, man? Is it? <laughs> her, her, her expiration date was already over for me. I used to be a huge yeah. Nicki Minaj family, bro. Nicki Minaj family. Nicki Minaj. <laughs> the barbs, the barbs. <laughs> Nicki Minaj fan, bro. Like the pink album, bro. I used to play that. Baby. Pills and potion, bro. I used to play that heavy. Boy, like I thought Nikki rap was so crazy. She was so versatile. She was so creative. Yeah. But her voice after a while and her style of music, it was just expiration date for me. And that's with a lot of artists. I don't listen to a bunch of artists these days. Like I J. Cole was one of them. I just started listening back to J. Cole again. Yeah. Like I listened to KOD. Kind of kind of resurrected to, himself with these. Yeah, resurrected. <laughs> like it's a lot of artists I don't listen to anymore. Like Wale, I had to listen to him because we we um we was reviewing. I haven't listened to Wale in a minute. So it's a lot of expiration dates on music that you have to go re-listen. And I won't do Boss. it. Boss is dropping an album next Yes. Friday. And they that's say the J. Cole one. is on three of the tracks. Yes, that's so what I'm, I'm looking excited. forward to. That's what I'm they looking They don't give to. us a vibe like Night Job. I need or even yes. like, um, what's Tribe. the other song? Tribe. 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 And it's the third one when it was on, um, uh, nah, nah, uh, Stop Playing With, with Me. Uh, that with song with, um, not Young Tech. I know what song you're, you're, you're talking about. A Little yes. TJ. 
Let's yes, a song like that, they gotta give us a night job too, bro. Because that be for that album. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. Definitely. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with our ATL review. Let me go take this. Welcome back to the show. Now we're getting to our ATL review. And to start off with the overview, this is 2006 coming-of-age comedy drama film and the feature film uh, director or debut of music director Chris Robinson. The film follows Rashad, played by T.I. in his film debut, and his friends in the final year of high school and on the verge of adulthood. The film also stars Antoine Andre Patton, known as Big Boy, plus Evan Ross, Jackie Long, Jason Weaver, and Lauren London. Had a budget of $7 million abroad in, $21.2 million to the box office. Also had a 62% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And this was, you know, looking back at this film, this is one that is is always on. I've rewatched it a thousand times. I still can't believe we've never reviewed it. It's one of those movies that just like has so many memorable scenes in it. Um, it has that that humor, but also that um, real life drama elements yeah. placed into it, especially with the with the brother with the brother dynamic. Um, what were kind of your initial thoughts on it? Like, you know, looking back on this film, and also just you know how it's still kind of stood the test of time as one that's always you know replayed. Extremely funny. I had, you know, humor from beginning to end. And then you get that that depiction of the realness yeah. of how these kids or, you know, students grow up. And then the, the dynamics of mom and dad pass away, live with uncle, um, them working. And then a kid is uh, enticed by the, the lifestyle of, you know, selling dope and then He's a good kid, and then you get into that, and then you get into which the real deal, yeah, real deal of it. You didn't think he's going to be this terrible or bad, but no, I thought it was you know outside the humor. I thought it had a good uh, realistic tagline and storyline that you could relate to, obviously. And then we got introduced to you know Lauren London, man. I I remember (laughs) who knew when I first saw this, I was like. Who is that? Who is that? Lauren London and her name is so fire. Lauren London. That's a fire name. That's a beautiful name, bro. No, no. Yeah, this is so funny, man. It's it's extremely funny. Definitely. And and also, a lot of times, you know, when we see actors or I mean our rappers kind of kind of go into that acting phase, because we we mentioned even, you know, we we did our review of Above the Rim with what Tupac was doing, being Mm -hmm. a rapper, but also an actor. He had that that great versatility. How did you think about what did you think about Ti's performance in this? Looking back at it years later, and and obviously the same year he drops an album, his popularity is at its, its apex, and he's really kind of in that um, kind of that, that elite hip hop status, but also doing a movie the same year his rise is kind of going up. I thought this film was perfect for him, obviously uh, being from you know Bankhead, being from that environment. I think it was set for him to easy transition into the role. He had to do much. I mean, his performance wasn't like. Wasn't, wasn't stellar, like yeah, but I thought it was believable. Obviously, yeah. it was believable. It was it was believable, believable enough. And then the, you don't really like you know it's Ti, but you really don't like resonate like he's a a really a rapper. Yeah. But you could tell like he's just a normal dude who's probably been in this situation before, probably lived this in some way, shape, or form. So it was relatable. And then, I mean, you just with that type of role, you just really just walk in. You have to run, you have to jog, you literally just walk into this role and play it. You don't have to have this extremely stellar performance, but it was doable. Um, but he was this, I think this kind of like, you know, catapulted him to be outside of music. Cause yes. as you, a lot of rappers, a lot of artists want to either. <laughs> 
play sports or go into like film or movies or whatever. Yeah, or media. Yeah. yeah, media in general, because you know the love and hip hop and all this crap. It's just <laughs> terrible shows. <laughs> they just give up to anybody. They they're running out of locations, bro. <laughs> that show Love and Hip Hop was so crazy. <laughs> they're running out of it was New York, it was Miami, it's Atlanta, it's California. They're gonna be in Wyoming here shortly, bro. <laughs> we had love and hip hop. <laughs> That was so funny. Yo, that's how oh you know he goodness. was down on his luck. That's how he's down on his luck. My buddy needs some money, man. He did. <laughs> um, and now again to our first topic for one of four stars. Uh, what would you give it? Um, I, I would go. I would go with three. This has a lot of engaging moments. It's easygoing, well paced, has an authentic feeling to it. Um, and, and when I mention this movie, like, I talk about how how many times I watch it. I'm also going to be objective. It's not like this, you know. Oscar winning, like, like you right. know, overarching film. It's one I really like, but obviously it doesn't, you know, uh, attain to, to some of the, the directorial elements and pacing that um, elite movies do. Um, exactly. Kind of for, from one of four stars, what would be your rating? Ah, three. I mean, I, you wanted to give like a 2.8, 2.9. Obviously, the the humor kind of carry, carried this yeah, uh, carry film. It. And then just like the overall nature of how Lena is with the skating scene. Um, right. I thought, Obviously, this is relatability, and obviously, this is something that's realistic, and yeah. you could be able to like you know take the feel to it. But I mean, it was shot okay. I thought the character development obviously wasn't because this is not a film you really like develop a character into yeah. something different. It was you know this was like ABC one two three this straightforward, was a basic, straightforward, straightforward basic film. More so um, cultivated by the humor and then adding, like, you know, the severe real moments. Right. And which, you know, it, it added a little flavor to it. But I think if it didn't have the humor aspect, it wouldn't. We wouldn't be talking about this film. Absolutely not. I think that aspect of the writing was really good. The, the, the humor and the comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll get into our next topic, favorite character. Um, I'll go with, with Rashad because, you know, he's kind of like the responsible person in the film, has a lot of creative dreams he wants to achieve, but still, you know, feels boxed in because of his environment. And, and like his overarching story is like with wherever he is, he's always kind of like the leader, the unsung leader of the group. People yeah. are like, man, you're you're the strong one. Um, you're you're very determined, you know, ha- have, a, have a very high level of will. Um, to you overall, who's your favorite character? Ant, I think Ant, man, I see so much my so myself and and Ant, him being the youngest, him want to prove himself, him want to have his own identity and yeah. getting himself into situations where it's just like, bro, that was the decision. No yeah, exactly. So he was my favorite character because I think out of all the characters, he was developed a little differently. Obviously, because he's young, he's the younger brother. And then you get to a point where like, man, I didn't think this through of what I thought was going to be. I just saw the good of it. I didn't see the yeah. bad of it. I didn't see like, I got to be on this corner. I got to do the blah, blah, blah. So I think out of all the characters, he was developed a little better or like faster than any yes. other character. And then the second one would be Rashad, obviously, because he was the, he had to learn so much in this time dealing with Nunu, dealing with, work him saving yeah. saving that money like it was just like different aspects him having to be the the leader because of certain situations in his life so i think those two characters were developed pretty good but not nah, ant was my favorite character absolutely um and i'll get to most memorable scenes i had uh brooklyn gets fired also no tickets no skates the cascade scene marcus <laughs> meets ant 
uh, you, you got you got the you got talent scene. Rashad drives Nunu to the bus house. Rashad fights yeah. Ant about getting arrested, and a Nunu breakup, and then Ant gets shot by Marcus. Um, there are so many like moments in this movie, man. Like you you, you can go to obviously Ant <laughs> snatching new new news. There are just so many just moments to go back to. Like that's the one. But to you overall, yeah. what scene or, or a couple a couple scenes that kind of stood out to you the most? Uh, when the when the the twins got dropped off by their mama, and they had to climb, (laughs) 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 bro, in the front, bro, ma, you could have drove us, dropped us off at the corner, bro. Getting dropped in the front is always the most embarrassing thing, man. And you gotta climb out the back. (laughs) That's climbing. Y'all like y'all brand new. Y'all know what to do. Yo, um, and then when um when Nunu got found out by um I forgot his name, um by the one that was trying to go to the the prestigious school, I forgot his name, the one who can't skate well, and then he's like, Oh, you like that that scene, man, you got a you know you got a Picasso in your house. A Picasso in your house. <laughs> I was rewatching that. Yes, that's that joint makes me laugh. So you got a Picasso in your house. And you try to be hood, and that's that's the realistic factor. Factor like the people who grew up not even wealthy or, or well off. Their parents grew up well off, and you know, I want to say a silver spoon. They feel like they have to have accreditation or validation. I'll say not her. a credit validation from the bottom of the bear, the hood, or whatever you want to call it to 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 be validated, bro. You already validated because this is how you live. I don't yeah, care. Like, like what if- <laughs> bro, I'd rather be in your shoes than you are in my shoes growing up. Right. So I don't understand why these 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 kids who are well off or rich or whatever want to feel valid. Like, like Michael Irvin's son. Say, like, bro, we grew up in a gated community, blah, blah, blah. Bro, he's rapping about stuff I don't even know about. <laughs> like. Bro, when did you do like, that? You have never lived this before. <laughs> right. And then Dion Sanders had to check um his oldest son. He was like, son, you got a trust fund. Like it was like back in Twitter where he was at. I forgot what college he was at. It was probably LA Tech or something. And he was like, son, why are you talking tough? You got a you got a trust fund. Like put him on blast. So they got feel like they feel like they were validated to feel tough or you know, it was just crazy. It but that's like, the realistic dang, fact. Dang dad, why'd you have to say that? <laughs> They know him, your son. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> now he's got this big media conglomerate. He's, you know, I think I think his, his name is Deion Sanders Jr., the one who runs all their social media and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one who was trying to like wow. hey, you gotta trust for him, bro. Yeah, like that life. <laughs> right, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> It's like if Adonis grows up and starts acting tough, like, Drake's a fake, bro. Come on. You lived like in a Toronto bitch. <laughs> bro. Hey, he will, I hope he don't grow up tough. Bro, your dad is Canadian, bro. Canadian. <laughs> hey, and he's not, okay, he's, uh, no, anywho, see, we anyway, always yeah, bring up, we bring up Drake, bro. We should call this show Full Drake. <laughs> Full Drake. Full Drake. <laughs> OVO sponsorship coming <laughs> for all the dogs. <laughs> and now we get into our next topic. Most memorable quotes I had. I can't believe I'm telling you this right now. You're different, Rashad. You're special from Nunu. Mm. Also, my pops used to always say dreaming is the luxury of children, and that I should enjoy it. From Rashad, um, I just want you to recognize the difference between what you feel and what's real from Uncle George. Um, also, I believe in in you even when you're too stupid to believe in yourself. From Rashad, 
then finally I'm not mm-hmm. mad because you're fake. I'm mad because I thought you were real from Rashad. Um, to you, kind of like what were the quotes in here that you kind of felt as though were um, maybe the, the standouts? Um, Ant man, Ant has some yeah, of the funniest, funniest West Coast. He said, "I got some cutting lad." Like, <laughs> you ain't get no cutting. He's like, "What's got got cutting?" He lying. Mm-mm. He lying. Huh? And um, when he was talking to the girl, he said, "Fine, be that way. That's why you need a timing belt, B." <laughs> <laughs> like he has some good one liners in here, and has some good ones. Obviously, the ones from um, Rashad were really good. And then the uncle, I can't remember. He has some a couple good ones too that you can't remember off the top of my head. Um, yeah, he has some good ones I just can't remember off the top of my head. You know the scene that always gets like uh, it always gets reshared because of of the line uh, Big Boy uh, played by Mark Marcus says when he says, "I know that ain't who I think it is." Like people, people. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know that ain't who I think. It is. <laughs> they they reshare that so much. <laughs> yeah. And now get into uh, what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, t- to me, like the the brother dynamic was a really was a really strong part because they really at the end of the day they were all all that they had. Obviously, Uncle George was trying to do the best he could, but you know, Aunt really really looked up to to Rashad, but he also mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, man, like, how is what we're doing right now being in school going to help me get to where I want to be?" To it just I, I can't see it translate, but Rashad was always trying to tell him, "Hey, like, there's a different way you can do it the right way. Yeah, you don't have mm-hmm. to take shortcuts." I thought that was a really um, yeah, kind of yeah, kind of yeah. profound storyline. Uh, to you, kind of like, what was the particular element of the storyline you liked the most? The friendship, bro. The yeah, friendship. We're all deep uh, friends. Yeah, es- his name is Esquire, the one who found out about Nunu. Uh, all of them, man, because I have similar friendships, and it's it takes so much. I haven't fallen out with my boys, but it takes it will take so much for me to be like, I'm not rocking with y'all no more. It will take like them trying to kill me or something. And I think that's the same vibe. And Buddy was in high school for a long time. I can't remember his name. <laughs> the one that see that played Jackson Five and Song for Lion King. Oh, him. bro, oh. they were saying you're like, man, you're gonna be like in the 14th grade or something. <laughs> Bro, it was so funny, but I think that the friendship aspect, because obviously they're always down, they were cool with each other, they had a tight Teddy. friendship. It was Teddy. Yeah, Teddy. Teddy. Yes, Teddy. So I love that aspect outside of the brotherhood, and then obviously, um, even Unc sometimes him being being crazy, but he's teaching them how to work, how to how yeah. to run their own business, Responsible. responsibility. Like, man, I know I'm not perfect. But here I am trying to teach y'all something what I can teach y'all. So I love that aspect as lo- as well as the the friendship brotherhood. Definitely. Um, was there a character? Because I know we mentioned like the the, the top flighted ones like R- R- Rashad, Nunu, and like were there any other characters like that that kind of to you like had maybe an underrated performance? Underrated? Mm, like like actually the actor's performance or just the character in general? Oh, probably the actor. Mm. Um, not not really. I mean, Big Boy wasn't bad. Yeah, he wasn't. He was. He wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything like. It wasn't crazy. Like none of them like had this like crazy character, amazing performance. Yeah. like you know what I mean. It wasn't like ah, oh, this stood out. Like if we mention a movie like Dreamgirls, bro, there's a ton of people we can we can like. That's come on, man. You can go like from top I watched to bottom. that. <laughs> I watched that the other day, bro. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> they singing their butts off. Second yes. Of all, they, bro, Jennifer Hudson played the crap out that role. <laughs> Jamie Foxx, 
I mean, Eddie Murphy, man, Eddie Murphy was Eddie one of surprise me. Danny Glover yeah. had a good, yeah, had a good role in there. Obviously, Beyonce's acting was better in that film than most of her films. There's some just, other films, yeah. Just saying that it has been but, a criticism of her. That has been a criticism, but this one, she, she, yeah, she, she, but, yeah. Obviously, it's right up her alley. The other yeah. one's more drama. That's not your forte, baby girl. Awesome powers. <laughs> Shazam! <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I forgot about that, bro. That takes you back. <laughs> <laughs> that move was funny, though. <laughs> was. That move was so funny. But her, yeah, obviously, her performance wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> just, that, just that. Just <laughs> that. And like, yeah, like I yeah, can't think of outside of that. Outside of Dream Girls, a movie that she really like stood out. Yeah. Not a lot, honestly. Not that was that was the no. main one. Dream Girls, yeah. Because the one with Idris Elba, her acting was. It was she played in a couple oh, what, of the movies. What was that? Obsessed was it? Was that the one that was called? Obsessed? Yes, with yeah. Idris Elba. Yeah, that one. Her acting was. Um, it was. She could have did it better. She could, but Dream Girls was like right up her alley. Oh, so good. It was yeah. It was so good. And um, even the oh no, she played at Calat Records. That role was good. Oh, that's she that's played true. Ada James. That's true. Yes, she did. That was a good role for her. Obviously, it's singing role, so it's yeah, right up her alley. Yeah, she probably act like that is real life. <laughs> uh, but now, other than other than that, but I would say another character that was beneficial to the movie, I think, was Esquire, because mm. that's another relatable character. All these odd jobs. He's trying, trying to, to rise yeah, the trying ranks. To, yeah, it's trying to get out, trying to find a way, and even turn it down. Yeah. So I think he's carrying, and then he obviously- He's having a code switch. He's having a coach. He's having to be a different guy. He's having yeah. to be somebody in one environment, which is way different than what he's used to, but the environment he's really comfortable with, he's a different way. But you all in, in life, sometimes you, you do have to code switch to get Play to where defense. you want to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And then- you tell your friend, hey, bro. Well, he didn't tell her. He didn't tell him. He knew about it, but he didn't say he just anything. Hit the play out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and that the, kind and of the dad walks in. The dad walks. In. <laughs> like a came in here with the tracksuit. Came in with the tracksuit. <laughs> like a deer headlights, man. She had a completely com- daddy. No, daddy. <laughs> He's like, I never heard you talking. <laughs> Oh my goodness, man. That was a dope scene. Yeah. Um, and now we get into our last topic, 10 years from now, do you still think it'll be watchable and intriguing? And obviously it, it's it's past that came out in 06. And I feel as though it's um, you know, we 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 can have certain critiques of it, but in terms of you know the rewatch rewatchability factor, it's up there. You it is a movie you you, you can watch again and again and yes. still enjoy, especially like we said, the humor does carry it in many aspects. Um to you, kind of like what do you think will continue to make this an intriguing movie? So many one-liners, uh, so many memorable scenes, and then just just the comedy of it, and then the relatability of you know, so many relatable characters. Obviously, Esquire, I've been there before. Uh, um, Aunt, been there before, so I can mm-hmm. relate to these characters. So many characters, even you know, well, I can't relate to Ti. Um, character because I'm not a I'm not an older brother so I can't can't, <laughs> can't relate to that because I'm Yo, like it bro like bro shut up stop trying to tell me something let me live my life let me <laughs> let me figure it out myself bro like 
Is it exactly is it, how it was? Did you hear about them them trying to make a sequel to ATL, ATL two, the homecoming? Yes, I heard about that and do not do it. There's no there's so I don't many movies. Please, like, can we we mention no. Spooky? Don't do it. Like, like this, this is one of our pleas on full scope. Just this it. is a movie we don't need. A, we don't need a sequel. This is a movie that we really like. We go back to. There's nothing in this we want to see like a continuation you don't of. Need to this do is in the Matrix, <laughs> right, bro? There's nothing else, and then you're not gonna be able to build these characters to where it's. And they got so be, much older too. They yeah, got so bro. Much older too. <laughs> like how high too? You could have kept that to yourself. Yeah. I got the hookup too. Could have kept that to yourself. There's so many coming to America too. Could have kept that to Please. yourself. Like there's so many movies that could kept don't to have themselves. to don't have to see a sequel to this. Like Harlem Nights, and I watched an interview with Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart said he approached Eddie Murphy with a like a concept in his script, and he was like, "Absolutely not." He was like, "I'm not doing that." That's he didn't say it was stupid, but it didn't make sense. <laughs> kind of gave him the feel, like, "Hey, man." Yo, got a wildin'. It doesn't. It was supposed to be like a father and son thing. Him like going in a family business or whatever. But nobody wants to watch that. It wouldn't have been as you're gonna have to find so many comedians who are remotely close to Red Fox, uh, 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 Charlie Murphy. Uh, it was um, ah, not Riff. It was a the light skinned dude, and I ain't selling punk with. Was that not, Richard? Not Richard Pryor. It's another dude. He played. It's it's so many comedians. Oh. He's a light skinned dude with the freckles and with like the 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 red hair. I know who you're talking. You're talking about. about. <laughs> so it's so many like funny comedians you cannot replace with the. So I'm glad he said no because I've been like, all right, bro. Like life too. Like nobody wants to see life too at all. <laughs> They're dead at this point, bro. <laughs> <laughs> So man, just just leave it alone. Just just, just you gotta have like a dream set of comedians to try to replicate Harlem Night, man. That's come on, now. bro. That's bro. who gonna play the stuttering dude? Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Every time I say but again, ATL is sacred. We didn't. We didn't. We don't need to see a sequel. We don't need to see a sequel of that. That. That is one that can just be left left alone. I don't want to see T.I. act anymore. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with him. The last good one was obviously Ant-Man. That was cool. But all these ones, the other films that he's trying to do, stop it. Takers. Takers wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. That wasn't it bad. It wasn't bad. It was it was better. He was he's better in that one. Because that was a step up from ATL to Takers. But I don't want to see him act anymore. What do you think about Chris Brown as an actor? What do you think? What do you think about Chris Brown as an actor? He only thing he played in was <laughs> he was in this Christmas. Oh, Yard. this Christmas <laughs> and um um ah, oh, what's the one with Kevin Hart? Uh, Michael. Uh, think like a man. He was in Think, oh, like, think a like a for Man for brief, for briefly. Yeah, briefly. I, I'm glad he doesn't act. He's not a good actor. <laughs> He's not a good it's actor. Hard, it's hard to translate. It's hard to translate that, man. Like, just it's it's tough, bro. And it's I'm pretty tough. sure somebody approached him. He's like, oh, man, I'm a singer, man. And I'm glad he hasn't forced himself into. I mean, obviously, he got into that, you know, that stuff with Rihanna. 
So obviously people didn't want to touch him for a long time. Yeah. So that possibly hindered him from from not Maybe being pursuing that. Yeah. So, but nah, I'm glad he didn't he didn't act. He wasn't he wasn't really. That wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Winter Burns. I'm my kind of Barcelona Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.